And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Thursday, February 23rd, and we are here trying to answer your financial questions, trying to help you make better decisions as you move forward. Now, Mark, one listener uh, recently said to to us, he wrote us a note kind of offline. He said, uh, not enough people know that you're certified financial planners. I feel like we talk about that a lot. No? You definitely mention that every show, I would say. I try to. Anyway, I'm going to do it more often. Mark and I are both certified financial planners. What does that mean? Well, it means that we uh, went through a lot of coursework. We took a hard exam and we passed it. I used to be in practice as a certified financial planner, as a you know a money manager, somebody who would charge people to create financial plans and manage their money. Uh, but that's been a long time since I did that, boy. Oof. And Mark never did that. Mark, you were never sullied by the dirty business that is financial services, which is why you're so good at just being the the smart person who can observe what's going on, someone who can listen to a story, but you you don't really have, um, I don't know, you don't have the experience of hearing people say one thing, but they do something else. And maybe that keeps you a more unbiased observer and commenter on people's financial situations. What do you think? Perhaps so far, but maybe uh, maybe never say never. Who knows what the future holds, right? That's right. That's right. I was speaking to one of our friends of the show, Brent Weiss from Facet Wealth, and we were talking and he said, well, maybe you and Mark will join Facet Wealth. I'm like, oh, God, because I was telling him I was scared that my contract wouldn't be renewed. And I was like, hmm, I don't know. Going back into that business would be tough for me. I guess I could do it. We could do it if we were like hosting a podcast for them. What about that? Would you do that? Yeah, it would have to be the right arrangement, right? Yeah, exactly. Like you pay us a lot of money and we do what we're doing now. <laughs> would that work? Oh, Goodman. Where's Goodman? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every, I want a bidding war for us. It's like we're um, whoever has like salary caps, free up some salary and, and bring Jill and Mark on. I don't know. Listen, I hope I get renewed, but it, it is 
a strange business in the media world. So if you've got a financial question, give us a holler. Go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. Let us know if you want to come on the air. Mark does everything else. If you're shy, don't worry about that because we can very easily, very easily just do email episodes. Uh, Subject, pay off mortgage. This is from Irene. And the answer is no. Okay, wait a minute. Let's just do the situation. Uh, She writes, does it make sense to pay off my mortgage after retirement? Here's the situation retired 10 years ago, bought a house in 2021. The mortgage payment is $1,325 a month. It's a $275,000 mortgage at a three and an eighth interest rate, 3.125. Net monthly income from pension, 20, let's call it $2,700. Okay. Social security is about $3,000, another 3,300 from required minimum distribution and the expenses are $7,800. No, first of all, you didn't tell us how much money you have, but don't, why would you pay off a three and 1.125% interest rate? You would be losing all that liquidity. I say no, no, no. So I was right. My first answer was probably the right answer. (laughs) Marilyn wants to know the best way to put money aside for her daughter. So Marilyn is a listener on 98.9 The Buzz in Rochester, New York. I do hits for them every Wednesday morning. Mark, it's an FM station. I just have to say the funniest segment that they do, and I always call in early so I can hear it. It's called The Judgment Zone. So they have like a morally complex situation. The listeners then vote whether the person was a jerk or justified in the action, right? And it is sponsored by like the um, the the personal injury law firm of Rochester. (laughs) So it's a great segment. So jerk or justified, I would check that out if I were you. Okay. Here's a question. I heard you say that if you save $100 a month into a particular account while in your 20s, you could have a million dollars for retirement. What type of account is this? I'll tell you the truth. I know I didn't say that. Let me say that. If you start early with many investments, you can accumulate money, but $100 a month probably is not going to get you a million dollars anytime soon in retirement. Uh, The bigger question is, Marilyn wants to put aside money for her daughter for when she retires, but that she could also use if an emergency were to occur. What type of account would you suggest? She currently has funds going into a 401k through work. She's 21. I'd have to know a lot more about your situation. If she needs an emergency reserve fund, she should create one. If you want to put money away for her, you can maybe encourage her to open up a Roth IRA and you can put the money in there for her if she wants, but then she could not access that until she's retired. Um, so I I don't know. I need to know a little bit more about you and let us know if we can follow up and give you some help. Okay, question. This is from Emily, who wants to know, how do you know when to do a Roth conversion? Hi, Jill and Mark. I'm 27, and I have uh, $40,000 in my traditional IRA, and I've got $70,000 in a Roth IRA and $13,000 in a Roth 401k. My husband and I are saving to buy a house this year. Our income is $225,000. She's 27. Wow. I'm wondering when is the best time to do a Roth conversion? I'm young. I know this would give me years of tax-free growth by biting the tax bullet now, but it's hard to consider in light of more pressing goals. I'd love your thoughts. Well, look, uh, you could do a little bit at a time, but if you're saving for a house and you know that, that you need that liquidity, you might have to put the Roth on hold. 
maybe don't do it right now. Don't do that conversion. If you have a, a need for your liquidity, you absolutely can't soak that up by doing a conversion. So maybe just wait till after you buy the house and then start doing it a little bit at a time. Okay, this next message is from Adriana, who says, love listening to your podcast. It's so helpful. We are a 54 and 55-year-old married couple with a college sophomore and a senior in high school. Our joint incomes are, ding, 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 $430,000. Wow. We save the max on our 401ks with the catch-up provisions, because we're both over 50, a total of $50,000. So 401ks. They got 900 grand cash and investments, 137,000, 25,000 in 529 college fund total for both kids. Um, little here is I was stay at home mom for 10 years. Okay. So we are taking out loans to get these kids through college. Oof, Mark, $40,000 a year at age 60 in four years, we will start collecting $2,000 pension, which we plan to use to go to the, oh, to pay down the student loans. And then they're going to hopefully work till they're 65. What's up with these people with like, I mean, I got to tell you, Mark, that makes me insane. They do make a lot of money, but they don't have that much money. Let's talk about the money they have in cash and investments. 70 grand of that 137 is in a Vanguard account. She says, I've purchased some exchange traded funds and individual stocks when they hit 52 week lows. All right. So now the 70 grand that I put in is now 77. I want to pull out the gains without touching principles so that I could put that towards student loans. How is that tax? Okay. So can we just have a moment for a second? Why don't you just sell the whole account out? And then you don't have to worry about the loans. You can just use that to pay down the loans or some of the loans. So if you hold, if you have a gain and that gain is, is um, created within a 12 month period, a calendar year, that is just ordinary income. It's taxed the same way as if you made $7,000 extra. So if possible, we would not want you to actually pull out any money that is a short-term capital gain. You'd want to wait for a long-term capital gain. But here's a bigger question that I would ask you. I like that you have some money in cash. You don't have that much. But I mean, if you are thinking about where you stand, uh, maybe what I would do is that in four years, you're going to have two grand of pension, right? Two grand a month. Maybe you could actually cut into the amount of debt that you're accumulating. And I don't know what the cost is because I think these parent loans are pretty expensive right now, Mark. What's the, what's the rate on a federal plus loan rate? Let's see what that is right now. Yeah, this is like for real, okay? So it's like over 6%. Listen to this, direct unsubsidized. Listen to this, direct plus loan, Mark for undergraduate, direct subsidized loan, 5%. Direct unsubsidized loan um, for a graduate or professional school. And the plus loans, parents and graduate or professional students, 7.5%. That's a lot of money. What do you think about blowing out a portion of the Vanguard account? 40 grand a year for two kids. I mean, that, yeah, that's just going to be a small dent. I mean, it's a lot of money each year. 160 for each child? I don't know. Maybe maybe it's better. Maybe it's 40 total. I hope so. I don't know. This is I need to talk to you. Anyway, 
let me just answer the actual question. The actual question is, how does a gain in an investment account get taxed? If you hold it for less than a year, it's a short-term capital gain, which is ordinary income rates. If it's more than a year, then you're at long-term capital gains rates, which for you guys is a real number because you actually make a lot of money. So for you guys, for married filing jointly, you'd be paying 15% long-term capital gains rate, but because you earn more than $250,000 together, you have to pay an extra 3.8%. So 18.8% is your long-term capital gain rate. I want to talk to you and I need to talk you off the ledge of this game plan. I don't like it. If they're going to take out parent plus loans, you know, if they're going to be on the hook for this, then there's no way I would take out 40 a year. I would have their retirement contributions, you know, and maybe pay for half of it out of cash flow. I agree. I don't like I don't like this game plan at all. I want to talk to you. You don't have that much money. And that two grand a month in your pension, you could be using that to beef up your retirement. They also didn't mention how much they're spending in just total expenses. Anyway, get back in touch with us. All right, Mark. This is a, uh, a good question for Adam Levin. Here's a question. I discovered an unknown address on my credit report. I recently received an email from an Office Max in Ohio that informed me they were unable to fulfill an order for $900 worth of office equipment. <clears throat> I looked at my credit report. I discovered this unknown address in Ohio. There's absolutely no way this address is or was connected to me. I immediately froze my accounts. How can I get the address removed? I also received paperwork in the mail two years ago about someone trying to collect unemployment using my name. I was able to call and have that stop. I need some guidance, Jill. I've been trying to solve this on my own. I'm out of my league. What do you do there? You have to go to the office, Max, and see if they'll remove it, right, Mark? Yeah, I don't know if that's that's going to work. I mean, I would get in touch with each individual credit agency and tell them that there's an error on the report. It's a pain in the butt, but that's that's the only way I think it's going to get done. This is why I love having my my whole credit record frozen. I really do. If you don't need new credit, everyone should freeze their credit. There's too many scammers out there. There's too much shenanigans going on, right? Ugh, poor Victoria. That's going to take some work. Learn from Victoria. You know, it's always a little bit strange. Do you have a flag on your credit card account that says a spending over a certain limit, you're notified? Yeah. In fact, I just got one a few minutes ago. I find that to be a very helpful way to start flagging strange things. I mean- it's not fail-proof, but it is really a, it's, it's a good signal. It's a good red flag signal. So keep that in mind. I would set those up for everything and stop using so many credit cards. That's the other part. Because if you only have two cards, it's pretty easy to figure out what you've put on a credit card and what you haven't, right? How many do you use? Two. And I'm really only one. I have a MasterCard because when you travel in Europe, the problem is that you, um, a lot of places don't take American Express, which is annoying. I hate that, but I'm, I've been an American Express person forever. It's a worked for me. So not that I'm in the bag for them, but I wouldn't mind. If they want to be a sponsor. We'll take American Express too. <laughs> oh, we have Discover. Don't we have Discover card as a, as a. That was my very first credit card. It was? What a funny first card. I hate when they say, oh, thank you for being a member for over 35 years. That kills me. I'm like, oh, vey, that's a long time. Mm, brother. Okay. Anyway, uh, hope that you guys are uh, keeping a lid on your credit and make sure you check that annualcreditreport.com once a year. That's a good way to 
also flag some issues. Set up those those filters on all of your credit cards to notify you if, if a purchase over a certain amount. It'll remind you of yourself like, oh, boy, I forgot about that. And just try to make things as automatic as possible. It just makes your life so much easier. Uh, you know, it's not automatic taking control of your financial life. And if you want to do that, you can get in touch with us anytime. You can go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. Let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air. Of course, while you're on the website, why don't you order the book, The Great Money Reset? You can choose from many different book purveyors. And we'd love to have you join the Great Money Reset community. Let us know if you've got a reset. Hey, there's a sequel in here. I already have people who've been saying to me like, oh, I wish I told you my story. Well, if there's enough good stories. Let's do the second version of it, huh? The Great Money Reset would not have happened without all of you and your wonderful, wonderful stories. So we are very grateful for you for that. Don't forget to sign up for the free weekly newsletter. Mark puts some cool things in that newsletter every single Friday. All right, do something nice for someone else today. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better, They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.